Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Borders podcast, the podcast that explores topics related to international trade. This podcast is brought to you by Buckland. For over 70 years, Buckland has been working to help companies across the world experience global trade in a better way. As a customer-focused company, we provide you with a single source of unmatched customs brokerage, trade-managed solutions, freight forwarding, trade technologies, and warehousing and distribution services. I'm your host, Jenny Kaus, Corporate Marketing Manager at Buckland, and today I'm speaking with our special guest, Erica Rotterman. Erica Rotterman is the Senior Customer Service Administrator at Buckland and holds her Certified Custom Specialist designation. Erica works closely with Buckland customers to ensure the best possible experience and has been with Buckland for over 10 years. Welcome back to the podcast, Erica. Thank you for joining me yet again on the Beyond Borders podcast. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks for having me. So it's really good to have you back. Um, We've covered a wide range of topics on other episodes of the Beyond Borders podcast when you've joined me. Um, But today we are going to be talking about the basics of export reporting from Canada, and we're going to cover an introduction to exporting, who needs to report, what needs to be reported, um, exemptions, methods of reporting, and of course, penalties. So let's get started with an overview, we'll kind of just go broad, about um, export reporting from Canada. Sure, yeah, I'm happy to talk to you about this today. So CBSA, or Canada Border Services Agency, they require exported goods to be reported so that they can collect timely and accurate export statistics, so they can control the export of strategic, embargoed, dangerous goods and other controlled and regulated goods. They can control the movement of in-transit goods, and they use the data to formulate trade and budgetary policies and enforce Canada's policies regarding exports. Great, thank you. So in terms of this reporting and exporters, who exactly is it that needs to do this reporting? Right. So the exporting company um, is responsible for preparing and submitting the export declaration. The exporter is defined as the holder of the business number for the purposes of the act who exports commercial goods or causes them to be exported. That's the official definition, but yeah. really it's it's anybody who is responsible for sending goods out of Canada, um, and then we'll talk about which goods actually are required mm-hmm. to be reported on later. The exporter can actually be a non-resident, in which case the company is registered uh, with a physical location outside of Canada, but they have a Canadian business number for reporting those exported goods from Canada. Yeah, and if you're interested in learning more about non-resident importers, we do have an episode of the podcast uh, on that topic as well as a webinar, and I'll link up to those in the show notes. That would be very closely related because a non-resident importer would have a registered business number for imports and they would just have to call Canada Revenue to verify that that number is also registered for exports. Gotcha. Um, So also important to mention that exporters can delegate the act of export reporting to an agent, broker, or carrier. Mm. This is a service that Buckland provides. Um, Also, many freight forwarders would kind of wrap that in with an export um, quote. Gotcha. Okay. So what is the actual information, or, or should I say, what needs to be reported? 
right? So just very basically, commercial shipments that are valued at $2,000 Canadian or more Mm -hmm. that are going to non-U.S. destinations. That is the general requirement of what needs to be reported. Um, Some other things that do fall within that non-U.S. destination, but you might not consider it, are in-transit goods going through the U.S. to a non-U.S. destination. Um, so anything coming going from Canada, say, to Mexico, but is transiting through the U.S. because that final destination is Mexico, mm-hmm. an export report does need to be completed. Um, other types of goods that are controlled, regulated, or prohibited, regardless of the value, would require an export filing. Um, exports from bonded warehouses, so something that is being held in bond in Canada and then is departing Canada without a customs entry still needs to be reported as an export. Repairs of additions valued at $2,000 or more and certain non-commercial goods. Again, based on that value of $2,000 Canadian, so gifts, donations, company transfers, Mm -hmm. really if if there's a question on do I need to report this, ask your broker. They're going to have the resources to be able to advise. Yeah, absolutely. Always the best thing to do. All right, next up, let's talk about exemptions. Yeah, of course. So commercial goods that are destined for consumption in the U.S., Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands, including controlled, regulated, or prohibited goods, would be exempt from the the export reporting requirements, um, specifically those B-13 filing, which, again, we'll talk about a little later what those the actual export reporting is called. Mm -hmm. Um, Some other exemptions are goods that are in transit through Canada, commercial goods that are less than $2,000 unless they're regulated, controlled, or prohibited, goods that are exported from Canada on a temporary basis, so something that you might be sending overseas to be repaired and then brought back, that would not be required to be exported um, through the B-13 process. Goods that are exported from a sufferance warehouse, so that's a key difference from the bonded warehouse. So sufferance warehouse is remaining in customs control, where a bonded warehouse is more of a commercial facility. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. We could do another podcast on that. <laughs> yes. Personal effects, personal household effects, no matter the value. So again, in that situation, you would still want to discuss with the carrier who's moving that freight for you and a personal effects shipment to make sure you've got everything reported accurately. Um, Travelers, baggage, and conveyances, goods that are exported by the Department of National Defense um, would not be required. Ship stores and cargo containers. Great. Thank you. That's good to know kind of what some of those parameters are and what as of course the exemptions are as well. Um, And another thing that we kind of want to talk about was um, we call it quick reference. Do you want to talk about this a little bit? Yeah. So we've got just a table and I'm sure it's available on one of your learning guides. Um, The different types of export reporting. So I touched on earlier the B13 export filing. That is a, it's basically an export customs entry. So it's all the details of the shipment, who the exporter is, where it's going to, the HS classification value, all the commercial invoice details. That's reported on a B13. And that's really what we've been mainly focusing on here with what needs to be reported in exemptions. Another type of export filing, though, is permits. So if you're exporting a restricted good, so regulated, controlled, prohibited goods, regardless of the value, 
An export declaration as in a B-13 may not be required, but a permit, a certificate, or a license may be required by another government department, even when it's going to the U.S., including Puerto Rico and Virgin Islands. If you are exporting restricted goods to anywhere other than the U.S., regardless of the value, you're going to need the permit, certificate, license as applicable, and that B-13 export filing. Mm. So that's that's for restricted goods. So non-restricted goods, so goods that are just um, basic commercial goods. I want to think, you know, uh, basic automotive parts, um, shelving, racking, things like that that aren't aren't on any government department's red flag, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You're not going to require an export declaration going to the U.S., Puerto Rico, or Virgin Islands, and you're only going to require that export declaration or the B-13 for the commercial goods valued at over $2,000 for all other destinations. So again, questions on this, just reach out. I mean, if you're a Buckland customer, reach out to CSA group at buckland.com and I'll be happy to do some research on your behalf and and look into that for you. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the other things that I wanted to touch on too was uh, partnering government agencies. Um, These used to be called OGDs or other government departments, was it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about these a bit and why this is relevant. So when we're talking about restricted or controlled goods, what we're actually talking about is goods that another government agency or a partner government agency, Mm -hmm. PGA, OGD, they all refer to the same grouping of different government agencies. So restricted or controlled goods would be those that any of these other government agencies have an interest in, that they want to keep record of, that they want to control. Um, so those other government agencies, or partner government agencies, sorry. And is it even, is it participating Oh, government shoot. agencies? You know yeah, what? I think it is, because is it called partner in the states? That's correct. Okay, great. So that's a distinction as well. So it's partner government agencies in the United States, but here in Canada... Participating. Even though they have the same agencies. acronym... Of course, we have to have a different word for it. So. Yes. Yes. And that's all part of the changes that were brought in through single window. Yes. So the, the SWI. Yes. Um, which there definitely is a lot of information on that out there. Yes. And we, we can link up to that as well because we have definitely done a podcast on that and maybe even a webinar and we have a learning guide. So I'll link up to those as well so you can learn more about that if you're interested. So just to quickly go over what the participating government agencies would be that may have an interest or be uh, restricting or controlling these exports, they could be Canada Post, Canadian Heritage, Canadian Food Inspection Agency, Canadian Nuclear Safety Commission, Environment and Climate Change Canada, Fisheries and Oceans Canada, Global Affairs Canada, Healthcare Health Canada, Innovation, Science, and Economic Development Canada, Natural Resources Canada, Public Health Canada, and Transport Canada. Great. Um, And that's definitely helpful. And again, please check the show notes if you're interested in more information about that. Um, But let's talk about the methods of reporting. How is this reporting actually taking place? Right. So in terms of a a Form B-13 export declaration, Currently, there is a paper version that can be filed at the time of shipping um, and just included with your other shipment documents. That is being phased out as everything goes paperless. Right. There's also um, another paper base, which is summary reporting. Again, that, that 
not really worth going into too much detail on that because it is being phased out and we are moving everything to electronic reporting, which is currently through CADE. Mm. C-A-E-D? Right. CADE? Okay. Right, which is an online piece of software that anyone can download and access. You do need to have certain authorities to file on behalf of other customers. Mm. But if you have an export business number that you verified is is good for export with Canada Revenue, and you download this CADE, you can go through tutorials, um, and you can file your own shipments directly with Canada Customs. Um, the other... The other portion of these export filings for the permits is gone is processed through an EDI export reporting, uh, the G7. So EICS, which is Export Import Controls Services, I want to say. Okay. All these acronyms. I'm yes. sorry. You have a podcast about that as well. We do have a learning guide <laughs> as well to help you kind of decode all that. We will link up to all of this, I promise. So permits and B13 filings are not done in the same place. And they are, again, as we talked about earlier in the quick reference, they're not always both required. Right. Okay. Great. Thank you. And I think this is going to be interesting too, and I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more about this um, with the launch of Single Window as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. As we go forward in stages with Single Window, because right now for imports, it's all live, right? Yeah. Like we're, we are actively reporting through the Single Window for yeah. imports. Um, and there are changes always on the horizon for all these different, especially the paperless reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be software changes, so just keep an eye for updates. Yeah. Of course, if this reporting doesn't happen properly, um, and you do have a violation of, of not doing this reporting, there are penalties. Right. And we want to make you aware of that um, so that you understand kind of um, not only why it needs to be done and what needs to be done, but what happens if it isn't done. Right. So with any sort of um, government requirement, there are consequences for not <laughs> fulfilling your your side of these things. Um, and as the exporter of record, you would be the party responsible for any penalties that come up. Those are administered under the AMPS program. So right. AMPS stands for Administrative Monetary Penalty System. And there are actually 15 different contraventions that you could potentially trigger by not filing, um, by filing inaccurately, Mm -hmm. by not updating when something has changed and you know about it. Those kind of things can all be something that um, CBSA will penalize you for. Um, They do tend to be higher than other infractions. If anyone is familiar with AMPS, it is a very significant document outlining basically every rule you can break in regards to customs and what the penalties are as far as first offense, second, and and so on. Okay. Um, So they do range from monetary penalties from $150 up to $25,000. Oh, wow. The highest of penalties uh, are really based on record-keeping infractions, so it's not enough to just file this and then be done with it, you do have to keep it on hand with your other customs records, which are six years plus current. So that's the same responsibilities when you're an importer of record are applicable when you're an exporter of record. Great. And if you're listening and you have um, questions about this, please feel free to reach out to CSA 
group at buckland.com. Uh, if you have any questions about this, please feel free to reach out. And I just want to say thank you so much, Erica, for joining me and having this conversation. I definitely learned some things. Of course, Jenny. Yeah, that's great. Anytime. And that's the Beyond Borders podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our guest, Erica Rotterman. If you're looking for more resources related to international trade, check out buckland.com and click on the learning section across the top of the website. Here, you'll find a range of resources, including learning guides, webinars, and podcasts. Our downloadable learning guides include IncoTerms charts, common trade terminology, how to avoid border delays, and many more. We also host live monthly webinars and we invite you to sign up online to secure your spot for an informative presentation followed by a live Q&A session. The best way to keep up to date on all of these resources is through our weekly newsletter. We send out a newsletter every Wednesday containing our latest information as well as a roundup of the latest trade news delivered right to your inbox. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us through our website's contact us page through Twitter, where our handle is at Buckland Tweets, on our LinkedIn company page, or on Instagram at our handle, which is at Buckland Insta. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Borders podcast, and be sure to tune in again and subscribe for more great conversations about importing, exporting, and everything else in the world of logistics and international trade.